You're listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast, your weekly post-apocalyptic news roundup. Hello and welcome to this week's Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. We've got a great one for you this week. This is mid-March 2021. We're all still alive. We're breathing we're well fed and we're coming at you with post-apocalyptic news which is coming at us at a extremely fast paced and so that's what we're going to be giving to you it's not coming at us as paced it's uh but the pace is coming at us very quickly everybody my name's derek i'm joined by sean hello everyone and stephanie hello the two leading writers for post-apocalyptic media uh, we've got a lot to talk about, but uh, at the top of the show, I just want to say big congrats to Bethesda and Microsoft and everybody who owns an Xbox because um, <laughs> that acquisition has been approved by the overlords over in Europe. So we're going to get, um, I don't know what we're going to get. I don't think that the, the details are announced yet, but we're pretty pretty sure we're going to get all the Fallout games on X on game pass if you don't have game pass maybe consider it it's like 15 bucks a month max i think you can even get it cheaper than that if you don't want the pc games and it's it's got so many post-apocalyptic games in fact if you want to know what great post-apocalyptic games you can play on game pass go to our website postapocalyptic.com just type in game pass i wrote an article with like the top 10 and they're great Fallout is on the list. Um, that's all that's really appearing. Metro, Metro the Metro games. Halo. Post-apocalyptic games. The, the primo games are on there. Microsoft is... They're playing for keeps, folks. They want to destroy the competition. And, uh, and I'm fine with it, so long as we keep getting great games out of it. So that's happening. <laughs> Um, Rust, the console edition, uh, just announced, I guess they announced it before, but now they're saying we know when it's coming out and it's, uh, vaguely in the summer of this year. Yeah. Yeah. They're more like they, before it was like, we're going to do it. Now it's like, we're really going to do it, (laughs) but that's it. (laughs) We could learn something from that. I feel like they're, they're, they've known all along. You know, uh, you know, based on we're still waiting for the new Justice League Snyder cut to come out. Apparently, some people were watching some other movie. It was like SpongeBob or something, something completely unrelated. And they they started it just started playing the Snyder cut of that movie. Wow. Yeah. So some people have already seen it. So apparently they already have it. That's ready. And they're all pretending to be working. Oh, we're working on it. But they're really, I don't know, taking vacations or something. (laughs) (laughs) I stayed up until 3 a.m. last night playing Call of Duty Zombies. I wasn't on purpose. I thought I could, like, jump in and uh, just shoot a few zombies and jump out. But what they don't tell you is that they're going to put you in a group with three strangers because it's a four-player game. And then if you quit in the middle of it, you're kind of being a jerk. Hmm. Uh, so I quit in the middle of it, but I <laughs> waited a long time oh, to do that. 
so so harsh <laughs> those poor players they're probably still mad right now out there they're thinking about it yeah wow. they're like i knew it i know that guy <laughs> he's the guy uh recognize that voice uh so yeah we got a little bit of a review on that um in fact i'll give you my review on that it's uh it's okay <laughs> okay <laughs> Woo! that's that, that's exciting <laughs> look you know it's it's one of those things where you probably need to research how to do it uh, if you just jump in, hmm. there's so much going on. They're like, you know, go to this station to buy and upgrade your equipment. And there's this box over here. There's all these icons all over the map. And you don't know what's going on. They're, they're like, go to this place. But you can go to all these other places all at once. And all your teammates are just scattering across the map, shooting zombies. It's really chaotic. And by the end, they all had like the best weapons. And I was still with my starter weapons. Cause I didn't. Oh no! He's like, okay, we're in the next section. We're gonna everybody get a minigun, and I'm like running around. Like, how do I get a minigun? I would have loved to have gotten a minigun with you fellas, um, but also like their mics weren't loud enough for me to ask questions and get real answers. Um, so yeah, Call of Duty Zombies. I th I saw you you wanting to sh say something, Sean. Well, I, that's pretty much why I don't play lobby based games. It's I don't know. It, it's like your whole experience is based on the other people, you know, not really the game as much as the other people in your group. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. you can get a stinker in there. Yeah. It reminds me of a, what was it, Derek, that a uh, magic battle Royale game we tried where you ended up just like kicking me out as a partner because <laughs> I was so bad. <laughs> I mean, the only way I would survive was by hiding and just avoiding all the fights as long as possible. But that wasn't very helpful to Derek when he got into battles and I'm just like trying to hide. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was called Spellbreak. It, it's a oh. MMO. Or not, it's not an MMO. It's what? a um, like, what? battle royale <laughs> with spells. And you're like just wizards fighting in a in a battle royale. It was actually pretty fun. But what Stephanie's leaving out of her whole story about how I kicked her out is how I offered her like the lightest criticism I've ever given another player. And she basically didn't talk to me for two days. <laughs> I was pretty good at hiding. <laughs> I had my strategy. <laughs> So, I did that uh, same strategy when we played Battle Royale in real life, too. <laughs> I hid, and it worked pretty well. See, it that's worked. always worked for me, too. When I when I was younger, we used to play paintball, oh. and we would play it in the snow, and I would wear head-to-toe white, and I would put, like, socks over my gun and everything, and I would be, no. like, laying in the snow. My friends hated me for it because I would pop up and kill them. <laughs> they would be running around in like red t-shirts and stuff and like in the snow. You know, they didn't care about camouflage. I took it so seriously. I was like that guy. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That stuff. Yeah. That's Creeping brilliant. Around. That's awesome. Yeah. That's well, that's the way to do it. Yeah. If you're in a if you really want to win your battle royale. Uh, you know, definitely the hiding strategy is is worth it. I mean, you know, yesterday I played a round of Warzone in Call of Duty, and I did. I hid in a house for 20 minutes. Um, I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but I did make the top 20. There you go. Before I got so shot in the back. 
Um, okay, so so that's that's Call of Duty Zombies. You know what I'm gonna re- look into next is World War Z. That's on Game Pass, and I downloaded yeah. it, and I haven't played it yet. But I'm gonna compare and contrast that to Call of Duty Zombies. So tune in next week, and I'll tell you what I think of it comparatively. Uh, I you know the the Xbox game it was pretty cool. I mean you're using the Call of Duty weapons. The gunplay is amazing. Call of Duty's got it down. And um, the zombies were okay. The problem with any shooter is um, almost always the uh, mechanics are a little off. And so uh, if, I, if I'm if i shooting bullets at something, like those bullets can't just... I can't just shoot hundreds of bullets at something and it just like keeps coming at me. That's really weird. It doesn't make any sense according to the laws of physics. So... Um, that's kind of what happens as you get to the higher levels, you get harder bosses and your bullets just don't do anything. So um, mm-hmm. that's a criticism I have. I think World War Z kind of fixes that. I think they they make things harder by giving you more zombies to kill and not just like making the zombies invulnerable. Hmm. hmm. Um, Interesting. Other video game related news. I promise we're going to get to some TV related news, <laughs> uh, but... And some book-related news. We've got we've got other stuff going on, but we've got a lot of video game-related news, and I know that a lot of you uh, are are into that. So here's another thing: After the Fall is a VR game that is post-apocalyptic, and it's by the makers of Arizona Sunshine. Why hmm. should you care about the makers of Arizona Sunshine? I'm glad you asked. What you need to do is you need to go to google.com and type in Arizona sunshine and then just watch a YouTube video of it. And you'll see why it's important because it's a beautiful game. It's a VR game, by the way, Arizona sunshine. It's extremely popular. I'd say it's, it's up there with walking dead's VR game. As far as zombie shooter, VR game genre is concerned after the fall, by the way, Thanks, post-apocalyptic soldier 888 from our Discord server for bringing this to my attention. Uh, he's in there giving us a lot of good info. You know, if you're interested in being up to date at the date, you know, not just waiting for Friday, which we appreciate you guys coming here for your news, but you can even get a bigger jump on the news by coming to our Discord where people come in if you see something in the news and we haven't seen it just put it in our discord and you put it on mm-hmm. our radar we put it out on the podcast it gets big and it happens mm-hmm. that's how most famous most post-apocalyptic projects need the post-apocalyptic media podcast bump yeah to get over the finish line yep <laughs> and we love providing and we have a lot service. of people in that discord now like 2 230 or something right 240 Wow, that's I did. Cool. I, wow, yeah, that's that's incredible. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Among them is our guest from last week. If you haven't seen last week's episode, pull that up after this because it was really good. And we had Mega Dude mm-hmm. there, and he was he was spitting truths like right and left about uh, classic post-apocalyptic media that that we all need to uh, familiarize ourselves with. Um. But, uh, but oh yeah, so after the fall, VR game, why is it better than Arizona Sunshine, you might ask? Well, it is a four-player co-op game at its core, says their marketing 
materials. <laughs> you will team up with friends and take on a hostile VR world filled with ferocious undead. So they're they're pushing the envelope a little bit. You know, the VR has mostly been a solitary experience. You have that chat room and uh, a few kind of experimental multiplayer games. But um, this is kind of taking it to a new level. It looks like it's going to be great. It's going to be on PlayStation VR, Oculus. Uh, I really hope the Oculus Quest because that's what I got. But um, a lot of times when they say Oculus, what they mean is the enthusiasts oculus mm. which requires a computer oh yeah hmm um all right so uh, moving on shout out i just wanted to give a shout out to wrangler star you know i've been watching uh his videos on youtube if you're into homesteading stuff like that first of all you need to be looking at sean's youtube roundups because he delves into that uh, pretty frequently and show some really cool channels that you can check out. And I may have found Wrangler star through, through Sean's roundup now that I think of it, yeah. but, uh, he's doing something right now that I've always been interested in. And that is processing wood. Like you cut down a tree and turn it into planks that can actually be useful in construction. Mm, yeah. You can do that without like a big sawmill. Uh, all you need is like, um, a chainsaw and these like a little bit of equipment not a lot not nothing big something you could like carry in a small bag worth of equipment and you can turn a huge log into planks yeah yeah they even actually sell a rail system on amazon that you can put a chainsaw hook a chainsaw up to it put a log in it and then the chainsaw will go along that rail and cut the wood like planks like that and maybe is that what he's using I think so. Like a thing like that. You oh, like okay. you like screw it onto the side of the log. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and then it works on that rail. It's amazing. I I had no clue that you could do something like that with such you know, paltry equipment. Yeah. And uh, are you doing that, Sean? Have you have you made your own no. boards? No, but uh I am huge into that kind of stuff. Like I love you know, any kind of home automation stuff. And actually another thing I've gotten big into, speaking of chainsaws, is electric. Everything is electric now, you know, battery powered chainsaws. I just got one for Christmas. Oh, cool. And, I mean, I mean, you think about it and you're like, really? Like, can that really work? But the, the power, it's an 80 volt. So the power of these battery powered things are just incredible now. And what I do is I charge, I'm, well, little by little, I'm replacing all my tools with electric instead of gas powered, like trimmers and stuff like that. And you can charge it all with solar. So you don't have to worry about gas. You don't have oh, to worry about gosh. all that stuff. So I love it. I absolutely love it. So that's kind of a sidebar, but that's it's, a, it's a cool, yeah, yeah right. I love it. It's a question. Have you tried charging your 80 volt battery with the solar panel setup? Oh yeah. Yeah, because it's the battery itself. It's a big battery. It's, well, I got it over there, but I don't want to get up. <laughs> but it's, a, it's about that big about that big and uh it just fits straight into the chainsaw um and it has a regular charger you know it, it also it comes out and it goes into a regular charger that plugs into the wall and you can plug that into the solar charger itself the the solar generator and yeah it'll charge it that is amazing yeah so wrangler star he's out there he's making a lot of videos about homesteading he's been doing it a long time you know million probably a million followers at this point and um 
and it, yeah, there's some interesting stuff. There's uh, like they he showed a tour of a wind powered uh, sawmill, and it was a big scaled one, um, not like we were just discussing, but uh, it was completely wind powered. But you know what's even better than that is Sean's solar powered uh, power tools setup because you're gonna run out of gasoline in an apocalypse. You're never gonna run out yep. of sun. However, however, there is and there is another problem, and that is these batteries do not last forever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there is there is reason to value the the gas as well. Um, what's the What's the other option? I mean, you're you're going to just run out of uh, power tools eventually, huh? Yeah, I mean, you could go back to the old days and have two people on a big saw going back and mm-hmm. forth, and, you know, and I don't, I mean, I, I actually love watching the bushcraft videos too, where people do everything with hand tools. That is really interesting. There's guys that have made cabins by hand, you know, with little hand tools. I mean, that's crazy to me, but I mean, that's, that's the next step, I guess. So I'd love to learn those never, skills. Yeah. I never really thought about, you know, these solar batteries eventually not working either i mean i know it's like an obvious thing right but i'm just always like yeah solar woohoo yeah not forever yeah. especially lithium is really um you know it's touchy when it comes to high temperatures low temperatures extreme mm-hmm. temperatures you know either way mm-hmm. um if you de decharge it basically all the way to zero it can really ruin your battery i mean they're kind of touchy on some wow. things like that. But if you take care of them, they'll last 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of things don't have batteries. They just need flow of electricity. And if mm-hmm. that's what you have, you actually do have some options for things that will last a long, long time. Because, uh, let me give you a for example, you can uh, create a, um, uh, a generator that basically a, a gas-powered generator you can make the kind of gas that it needs to go uh, with what's called a wood gasifier. Mm. And a wood gasifier is actually not hard to make. Uh, I did the research on that and uh, thoroughly, and I'm confident that I could make one. And it's, you know, you basically uh, just need to contain the wood within like a container and then apply extreme heat to the outside of the container and gases will come out of that that are highly flammable and that's all that your uh gas generator needs is flammable gas so you pump that you purify it a little bit you know they you basically just like run it through um through some tubes that go into some water where it allows the water to pull out a lot of the uh, impurities and that helps to extend the life of your generator but once you have that set up, you can throw anything in there. I've sh- I've seen people throwing trash into the wood gasifiers, and it just extracts uh, flammable gas from it, and you're and you're good to go. You're making electricity from that. There's an episode of a reality show called The Colony, which I always have on my top ten list, and you know I think I I had it on yep. the top ten uh, TV show list. There's many different versions of shows called the colony but this is the reality <laughs> the reality show version but anyway there's an episode where they make a gasifier or wood a uh, wood burning gasifier and they they uh i don't i forgot what i i think they used it to power a car i'm pretty sure i, I think he made it in a car but cool. that was oh wow that was a really you, you need to check that episode out because they go through all the steps and everything it's really cool 
That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are there are people out there with, with wood run cars. And they just load it up with some wood and I yeah. I imagine that's extremely environmentally friendly. So um good on them. But you know, it I think that you can't go like a long ways with it, probably you know, less than hundred and twenty miles or so before you have to fill up on wood again. Oh yeah. Um but uh but we'll move on to the next topic which is Aliens Fire Team which was announced this week. It's a three-person co-op shooter and um it's it looks really boring to me. <laughs> <clears throat> However, if you love the alien lore, it it sounds like it has a lot to offer as far as that goes. Like you'll see stuff, see stuff and you'll recognize it and it'll kind of fit in with the world really well so they took special care for that they also took special care to make sure that the class system makes sense so it's not just like you and two other friends jump in and are just shooting the whole time you have like different roles that apply to different situations so Hmm. it feels like you're part of a team uh moving on we have a um calendar on our website that you want to subscribe to, you can add it to your Google Google Calendar automatically, or you can just come to our website and check it out and see what's coming up. I just today added three movies that are releasing this in the next two months, and wow. they're all on the calendar. So if you want to keep up with the newest stuff, just go to our calendar, add that. I was going to introduce a new segment today called Derek Says Something Controversial, and I think I'm going to say something controversial throughout this episode anyways, because that's just what I do. <laughs> but I'm going to skip it for now. But oh. uh, but tune oh. in. Tune in. Any day I could just go off and uh, and say something that will get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that segment. We should have like an intro, special intro for it. Derek says something controversial. Da, da, da. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that the YouTube censors will uh, will find <laughs> it and, and bring a lot of attention to it anyways. So yeah, it's true. <laughs> you need, I, I need to make like a fake Twitter persona that is really critical of me and then <laughs> just like amplify that. <laughs> Great idea. Brilliance. <laughs> all right. So the moment you've all been waiting for is uh, is when we talk about the popular television shows that are going on right now, right now. Walking Dead is releasing new episodes. Right now, Snowpiercer is releasing new episodes. Uh, Pacific Rim just released an anime on Netflix. We're going to talk about these things. We're not going to talk about Pacific Rim anime because none of us have seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But we are watching Attack on Titan anime. (laughs) As you know, because I talk about it every week at some point somehow because it's so great. We are indeed. And on that note, last week we said something and it was kind of fake news. And I just want to put the real truth out there because I don't want to be fake news. Attack. We said like Attack on Titan is the most watched TV show in America. That's not technically uh, something that we know. What what it was is Parrot Analytics. Um released a report of the most in-demand shows in America. Oh, uh, okay. So what's that mean? I don't know. 
I don't know what that means, but what I do know is that they released a new report and the new report says the same thing as the old report. Attack on Titan is still the most in-demand show in America, barely edging out St- SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> really? For the third week in a row. <laughs> Sorry, SpongeBob fans. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching this show, SpongeBob fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So take from that what you will. The most in-demand show. I mean, that is something. That is that sounds important. Yeah. That's huge, right? I think so. So really yeah, like Game of Thrones had that title. This is anime. This is the the era of anime right now because we've got right. that Pacific Rim. By the way, Tina is for, is writing about Pacific Rim for Post Apocalyptic, mm-hmm. and she's already written one article and she's planning on writing several more so if you watch pacific rim come check out her writing about it or if you're thinking about it i think she wrote uh an article saying whether you should even consider it so um that's going on terminator is uh has announced an anime sean wrote about that Mm -hmm. and is go ahead oh no i was just gonna say yeah I did. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Remember that. Um, Terminator, is that going to be on Netflix? Um, I'm not sure. Let me check. Let me check the uh, postapocalyptic.com site. Oh, that's a good resource. <laughs> that is. Well, definitely. Oh, yeah, it is coming resource. to Netflix. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, go ahead and bookmark postapocalyptic while you're there because uh, then it'll be easier to get to next time. <laughs> I already had it up. I was just on a different uh, post. <laughs> he's, oh, he's and by DMs. I want to just throw this out there to our listeners. If you have any suggestions for other post-apocalyptic themed animes that you think I would enjoy, considering how much I love Attack on Titan, please feel free to drop by our Discord and share your suggestions. Um, would love to hear some suggestions, especially if there's anything that's like uh, releasing new episodes, even you know now or in the next year or so. But but even ones that aren't. Uh, once Attack on Titan ends, I'm gonna be very sad, and um, very very sad. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions, uh, I would appreciate hearing them. <laughs> Stephanie, you know there is. Go ahead. Uh, there is another another one that I did write about this week. Um, that is a light novel series called, uh, I'm going to totally butcher this, but it's uh, Sabikoi Bisco, something like that. It basically means rust eater um, mushroom. It means rust eater mushroom, I think, or whatever. Hmm. Uh, But it's a a series of light novels, and light novels Mm -hmm. are kind of like Japan's young adult novels. It's like their their version of that. Uh, and, And it's a super, super popular series of these novels that came out in, well, they're still writing them, but I think 2018 is when they started. And they're going to make an anime series about that. Oh. And it was just an- announced on Saturday, I think. So That's exciting. Yeah. It looks that like a cool show. Or it will exciting. be. Yeah. Oh, excellent. All over that. Yeah, I, I um, probably won't be reading those novels, but I'll definitely be watching that show. Rust Eater Mushroom. Yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty fascinating story it's about uh basically japan is arid you know there's no more water and all this stuff and there's this spore that turns everything to rust 
buildings, hmm. you know, everything turns to rust. It's in the future and definitely post-apocalyptic. And then they have to find this special mushroom. There's like these mushroom, this whole community of mushrooms. And, the, and one of them has to, they have to find it because it has to eat the rust before the rust takes over everything. So hmm. that's a very, very concise <laughs> uh, explanation. It goes further than that, but it, mm -hmm. it looks really cool. That sounds interesting. I wonder if they're like, I don't know, every now and then I find like mushrooms and or spores that like, they look like they're all desiccated and they're brown and kind of rust colored. And if you touch them, they just are like. Phew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and they look like rust. I wonder if something like that was like the inspiration because they're always kind of yeah. creepy. <laughs> hmm. Might be. Yeah, it's you know, and that's a that's an interesting plot because we know that mushrooms are actually a large part of the ecosystem in the mm -hmm. world, much larger than I had ever imagined. Uh, lately, I've learned about the mycelial, uh, which I guess is a mushroom ish. Uh, you know that part of the mushroom is. Um, like growing under the ground everywhere and it's it's a very key wow. part of the nutrients that plants have and the ecosystem so um so the idea that a mushroom could save us from an ecological apocalypse makes a lot of sense yeah mm -hmm. that is interesting it kind of sounds a little bit like the third season of last ship but uh we won't go into spoilers here <laughs> except for that major spoiler i just dropped <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we've got yeah the terminator anime coming out uh raya and the last dragon you wrote about that that's not an anime though right that's a cartoon no, it's just yeah it's just a disney animated uh movie and it's I, i'm really sad about it. i wanted to watch it but it's 30 dollars <laughs> in addition to disney plus so if you, you wow. first you have to have disney plus which is you know whatever 10 bucks a month whatever it is mm -hmm. and then also you have to pay 30 dollars. and they're i guess they're introducing this new premium this disney plus premium and this is like the first installment on that so once you watch this show you know when you buy this show this movie it kind of signs you up for disney plus premium which is a second tier thing that they plan to use to, to uh, release Disney movies from now on. Interesting. Uh, instead of going to the theater. Well, I, I think they're it, they're in the theater and at home. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like their way of taking advantage of, you know, video on demand. Um, but that movie will be included on regular Disney Plus in June, June 4th, I think it is. So if you want to wait, you know, you could wait a little while and then you can watch oh, it on regular Disney Plus. And that's what I'm doing <laughs> because I'm not paying $30. <laughs> Yeah, that price Sorry, point is is really bold. Yeah. I mean, but, we used to go to the theater yeah. for 12 bucks max. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where their argument is, well, you you know, you go to the theater and you buy popcorn and this and this and mm -hmm. this and it ends up being a $50 thing. Well, sure. But are you going to do I get popcorn included with that? And like do <laughs> right? I get a giant screen with the, you know, amazing sound system with that? No, you don't get all that stuff. You still have your screen. That's so <laughs> it, true. It shouldn't be I, I think 30 is too much. Popcorn, which is yeah. the same. I miss movie theater popcorn. Mm. You know, that's one of the casualties of the pandemic that I yeah. miss is endless bowls of popcorn and typically I could never even eat more than one but whatever just the fact that I had that option made me happy 
It's I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moments of silence for movie theater popcorn. <laughs> no, just kidding. The <laughs> There's about- a lot greater casualties of the pandemic, like 500,000 people who died, which is horrible. Hmm. My gosh, don't even get me started. It will be like Stephanie says, controversial things. How, how <laughs> many segment. people died? 500,000 in the in US, the US. Right? In yeah. the U.S., yeah, it's awful. It's it's just. But we have fewer people dying from the flu, correct? Um. Yes. Um. Our social distancing and masks and everything have really, really helped reduce uh, the spread of the flu to make it almost nil this last season. And um, I heard some theories too that talked about I feel like I may have said this on a previous podcast but maybe not but I heard some theories too that talked about how the flu starts in like one country and then kind of travels and the fact that we're not traveling by plane as much um or weren't during flu season really made a big difference as far as uh the flu traveling around it's fascinating like I'd love to research that more and try to figure out you know dig into that because the flu's been like practically nothing yeah, but but flu wasn't killing five hundred thousand people oh, in the U.S. every year, right? Gosh, that was, no, that's a, definitely. It's a small definitely not consolation. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a small. I'm 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 looking up because I have this article I update for a different um, for heavy every week every day practically that has the count of deaths in the U.S. It's at five hundred thirty five thousand five right now. Hmm. Sad. Stephanie's funny because, you know, journalism's her full-time career, and uh, she writes about three things outside of the post-apocalyptic world. She writes she writes about a lot more than three things, but mainly, <laughs> mainly. She's, she's writing about COVID, and she's writing about cats yes. and Hallmark movies. And Hallmark. <laughs> Which makes for a very strange Sunday because um, every Sunday lately, I watch Attack on Titan and freaking amazing as you know super dark and then i end the day with a hallmark tv series and write about that for my job and it is like complete opposite end of the spectrum so it's it's you know roller coaster of emotions <laughs> yeah one character died in the hallmark tv series and um like the fan base was up in arms about it oh it was huge yeah, controversy it was a while back and yeah it was tough mm. <laughs> uh okay so so we we took a little bit of a detour to talk about yeah, the animes did. that's what we do <laughs> that's what we do and y'all enjoy it so i yeah. hope i hope <laughs> snowpiercer snowpiercer all right i Woo! just for i'm gonna let you guys kind of kind of take control of the conversation here but i just want to reiterate how not on Wilford's side I am anymore <laughs> man you're gonna regret it like someone's gonna listen to the for that episode of the podcast and they will have watched Snowpiercer now and they'll be like really Derek really monster <laughs> but let me say now did you see the latest episode yes uh are spoilers okay mm. <laughs> spoil away sorry everybody okay. this is so the end of the episode at the very end of the latest episode <laughs> You can see that all of Snowpiercer is for Wilford. Yeah, that's like, true. And it's like, and when I saw that, I said, "Oh, maybe Derek's onto something, or was I?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't dang. know. Oh my gosh! Well, he murdered all of those 
Brakeman. Oh, that's harsh. It's like they all have Stockholm Syndrome or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, I was Man, mentioning Stockholm always... Syndrome to Derek, like, as seriously as, like, it really sounds like that in some of those cases. And Stockholm Syndrome is just such a crazy topic in general. But it yeah. does sound yeah. like that's might be part of it, at least of what's going on. All right. Real quickly, Sean, what is Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, it, well, it's basically when you're in a bad situation, you're stuck. Like, you know, this happens to, to people who are uh, prisoners of war, where they kind of turn to the side of their cap captors and they say, well, you know, they start to see their side of things and they start to kind of empathize with them. And I, I feel like, you know, Audrey is kind of hmm. like a personification of that, where she after all the abuse she she faced from Wilford, now she's all of a sudden is like, I, I mean, I keep waiting for, she's on his side, it seems like, but mm -hmm. I keep waiting for her to be like, psych, I really just wanted to stab you in the back or something. Right. You know, like, but she's just getting closer and closer to him and she's like doing his bidding. And it's like, what's going on with her? I right. I, I'm, I'm so torn on that too. I'm like 50-50 yeah. on whether she's really just getting super close and doing things that kind of disgust her so that she can do be close enough to inflict extreme damage yeah versus she's gone back over to the other side yeah I, I think that stockholm syndrome is the key here i think that that's what this is all about yeah. um at first i thought it was about trust and he thought you know anybody who can kill themselves for me uh clearly i can trust that person but i don't think that's it because of the way he had that guy interrogated and you know brainwashed essentially in that chair i think that that kind of hints to us that maybe audrey's done this before that this is maybe right. her job um for wilford mm -hmm. is to is to assist with the instilling of stockholm syndrome and the thing about stockholm syndrome uh is it's not logical like you know if you can logically come to if you're a prisoner you want to please your captors so that they don't hurt you or kill you or whatever. But once you're free of those captors, you shouldn't be like that anymore. That's, but Stockholm syndrome is when like somebody gets completely free. They are, they have no, nothing but their own personal will involved and they still uh, mm -hmm. love and identify with the people that abuse them. And, uh, and so, and so that does bring up Audrey, like she, seems to be in in a place of kind of authority here where she could get away from wilford possibly uh she could be undermining him does she have stockholm syndrome has she overcome it or is she actually suffering from it we don't know at this point um but uh but it has become pretty clear especially when she made the dude lick uh lick wilford's shoe oh, oh. yeah oh man yeah. But on the flip side, okay, so on the flip side, yes, there's the, the, the priest guy. Nobody guessed, I didn't guess, that he was going to be a Wilford sympathizer. And he's like, mm -hmm. he gives order. He brings order. And it's like, yeah, but do you see what it looks like over there? Like, nobody matters but Wilford. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, like, if that... If you see the chaos that's going on on Snowpiercer as ultimately ending up in the extinction of man, then maybe it is better to have a narcissist in charge who at least 
is able to continue society until, uh, you know, for several generations, presumably. Of course, I don't know. I, I don't think that a narcissist really gives you those results. I think that yeah. in the end, uh, he'll he'll just milk it dry and leave them with nothing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. But uh, but yeah, what a what a hardcore episode. And I think, yeah, the, the people of Snowpiercer se- seem to have spoken. I mean, I, I wasn't counting red dots compared to unilluminated cars. <laughs> right. But it's enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just overwhelming. I mean, it it was uh, that whole scene was so well done and it was so well kind of choreographed where they're going down this spiral so you can see the entire train. It's not, you know, it's like the writers said, how are we going to show that everyone is in support without showing this long thousand car train? Well, let's go down the spiral so that you can see all the cars going down. And it's just, I mean, it was like, three-fourths of them were probably red red lights in the windows so, yeah. so um yeah that was a beautiful scene i yeah. loved that i love that concept and i guess we're we're presuming that we still haven't caught up to the previous episode exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because the the previous one right well at the end of it uh we see the train just fly by it's supposed to pick up melanie and it flies by melanie and she's looking in the window like what the hell and her daughter Alex is screaming for her like kind of like she didn't know I, I take it as she didn't know that the train wasn't going to stop and she's surprised and she sees her mom out there and she knows she's not going to make it um, but it seems like in this episode we went back a little bit to kind of cover some stuff you know we're not up to that point yet where they're going to abandon Melanie so yeah but we have what three episodes left or is that it I'm not sure is it 10 episodes total yeah so so we have I'm sad now three episodes <laughs> why is <Yeah>. everything ending <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite shows oh. all right well then uh how about predictions how how is this season going to <clears throat> end what'll be the situation you heard my prediction Derek my prediction is that um Wilford is going to control everything by the end and resubjugate all the people who don't follow him and so we're going to be left with this really dark ending where they're going to have to fight for their freedom again that's my theory i think that's a good theory because uh we know that there's going to be another season Mm -hmm. and they still have a whole lot you know another 10 episodes to kind of get themselves out of that hole and you can't end it on a high note when you're on season two and you know there's another season coming. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think you're right. I think they're going to be down just, you know, it's going to be a desperate time. And uh, and Wilford's going to look like the, the you know, the victor. Uh, but hopefully throughout season three, they pull themselves back, back up and make it off the train. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> Good prediction. <laughs> I like I that. Concur. And And if they do end season three like that, it opens up all sorts of post-apocalyptic survival mm-hmm. show for us at outside the train yeah or spin-offs that'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> one where the they're on the train and one where they're creating their new society on yeah. land yeah because i bet you would you'd have some people who'd want to stay on the train right i mean they wouldn't want to be roughing it wilford Wilford <laughs> by himself. Yeah. Wilford by himself. <laughs> Aww. 
Love it. Okay, so um, no, I I concur. I think that that's a good theory. Uh, I like the idea of season three being um, all of these characters we've come to know all of a sudden being without the power that we've seen them wield and them having to become the secret agents on the train trying to undermine Wilford. Um, I keep wondering, you know, when's this the redheaded girl? When's she going to? to come into play. I feel like she's really ruthless. Yeah, she is. And she owes Melanie, but is she going to pay Melanie back? I don't I don't know. She also really likes Wilford, so hmm. and then yeah, She seems she seems very similar to like they would get along, right? They're yeah. They're very um elitist. But she and uh Wilford's I mean, is her name Alex Wilford's do- semi-daughter, Melanie's daughter? Is it Alex? Yeah. Is that her yeah, name? Yeah, Alex, yeah. I mean, she and Alex have this friendship, too. So, you yeah. know, I don't know which one, what she's going to deem is most valuable to her. Yeah, that was a strange episode where they showed those two hanging out because it was mm-hmm. like, what What are the writers having, plan, having yeah. store for that for those two? So, I don't know. I wonder. Scares me. Just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Alex doesn't know what a freak that she's with That's you know true. could kill her um yeah alex alex has been an interesting character she has evolved so quickly mm-hmm. you know from growing up with wilford completely brainwashed by him essentially and now we know that he does brainwashing as as a matter of course and um he hates melanie and melanie took everything from him so uh so i I didn't expect uh, Alex to be able to break free so, like she did, but she is a smart girl. She's Melanie's daughter, and um, she's already essentially become a Melanie supporter. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Alex will be instrumental in taking down Wilford in the end. And yeah. it, it'll probably all kind of the the, the match that, that strikes the tinder is going to be when they – when Wilford tries to leave Melanie behind, I really, I don't think the show is just going to let Melanie freeze out there or starve to death. So, uh, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I think she makes it back on the train, but in the case that she, either way, uh, that kind of thing is not going to fly with Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say that I'm very impressed with the actress who plays Alex. Um, I don't have her name right in front of me, but, uh, I just feel like she does such a great job. You know, yeah. like the expressions on her face and everything, just the way her eyes even just express what she's feeling. I just feel like she's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, for a young actress especially, yeah. yeah. Moving to The Walking Dead, which is airing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to pay extra, you can get AMC Premiere, right? Plus, AMC Plus. AMC, okay, Plus. Let's just, yeah. everybody do Plus. <laughs> yeah, everyone. everyone that, plus. that would make life so much easier, right? <laughs> and uh, you can get it three days early, I think, is is mm-hmm. what they're, they're mm-hmm. offering. So um, that's an option for you. If not, it's airing on TV and um, with commercials, I think. So anyways, mm-hmm. Walking Dead, um, this last episode was great. I really liked it, and I just want to say, like, uh, I got to where I didn't want to see Daryl on screen for a long time. Like, it, he just was all grunts and anger, and yeah. it just, 
uh, it was just all loyalty to Rick and, and he was just, he just basically became this one dimensional guy that I don't think it was that way in the early seasons. No, No. it wasn't. They really started there. The, director or producer for a while really started downplaying his character big time for a number well, of I mean, seasons. They didn't even want him as an actual character for yeah. you know at first. He was just gonna be some redneck that they were gonna have on for a little while. And then they you know, they I mean this is a, a famous story, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, that that he just won over the audience and they started writing actual wow. dialogue for him and <laughs> stuff. So and, you know, we just, I, I mentioned this before, my wife and I just started over in Walking Dead and we started watching. And when you watch those early episodes of him, you're like, yeah, you can tell. He was just like a firecracker and they had no, you know, they they had no plans for him, <laughs> you know. And then he just became, and, and it's so funny to watch him now, him and Carol both, you know, they're mm. just such just deep characters now. And especially this episode, yeah. The following contains The Walking Dead spoilers, so listen at your own risk. Yeah. In this last episode, uh, Daryl has um, a lot of progress as a character. He mm-hmm. he essentially finds his true love and um, ends it with, with someone that he had been uh, kind of on and off again for a long time and uh it was harsh it felt very real and um uh it it was just such a well done episode to me uh and it really helps me to get into these characters that we're getting that kind of an episode i think walking dead maybe was kind of losing a lot of that maybe maybe it was just trying to pull too many storylines together all at once exactly yeah so yeah that focus in on on that character for this episode really did well. And it make it makes me more excited to look, look forward to this next episode. Yeah. I think it's funny that people on Twitter, uh, they, the takeaway from this episode that I saw was people said, Oh, Daryl got laid. And that was it. Like that's, (laughs) are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that was the, that was the social media take from the episode. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. It was their okay. last square on Walking Dead Bingo or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also enjoyed seeing how his relationship with Dog evolved and how oh, it yeah. started. That that was nice, too. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that was very cool. Dog is a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think that, uh, uh, I forgot her name, but that girl that he had the relationship with, do you think she's going to like come back and be some kind of integral part of the storyline? I have no idea. Man. I feel like she is. I don't know. I I feel like she does. Why would they have introduced her, you know, and just to throw her away after, you know, half an episode? I think they'll definitely bring her back. I hope they do. Yeah, yeah. she, you know, one critique I have from the episode is she gets very upset with Daryl leaving for a couple days. And they just showed us, like, her living alone for, like, nine months um, while she barely even gave a damn about Daryl. Yeah. So it was just, a, it was kind of jarring that she would be so upset, so independent, and then so in, interdependent. Right. Um, yeah. Within such a short period of time. 
when she made that comment when he said he was going to leave and she's like, oh, fine. Oh, you're going to leave me. Fine. I, I said to my wife, did they get married at some point before this? Did I miss the, them getting married? <laughs> yeah, it was a little surprising. It's like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> There's a scene cut in here? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we have another flashback next week where we see them get married? I don't know. <laughs> so uh, to a uh, quick review, if you're watching uh, post-apocalyptic TV right now, you've got Walking Dead. Snowpiercer, Attack on Titan, Pacific Rim. Anything else popping out? Oh, to Tribes of Europa. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's other things I miss. So uh, I hope that you flame me in the comment section. <laughs> Let me know what I'm missing. You know what? If it's really harsh, it'll probably stick with me more. And, uh, and I'll bring it up next week. So, yeah, also, uh, yeah, suggest some really dark animes for Steph because clearly that's what she's into. I love them, especially if they're post-apocalyptic. But, yes, it's, you know, they dark, but they have, like, this philosophical bent. I mean, I can't even say enough about this show. <laughs> Cannot. It's amazing. If you'd like Sean to do a wood gasifier conversion for his next car build. Yes. <laughs> let us know. Actually, I do have a surprise that I'm working on, a real life post-apocalyptic thing that I'm working on. What? Uh, I, I plan to write an article about it. And maybe that's all I should say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just this <enough>. is exciting. <laughs> what? Heard it here first. What? <laughs> All right. I well, can't wait. That is a good place for us to stop this week. I want to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. And um, we just want to let you know that you are welcome to our Discord channel to come chat, discuss things. We are releasing this podcast every Friday. So make sure you uh, add us to your subscriptions and look at that so you can be caught up on what's going on in the post-apocalyptic world. We appreciate the people in our Discord bringing topics. Half of the topics today were from people in the Discord letting mm -hmm. me know what's going on in this world. So um, we are going uh, in future weeks. I think we're going to be getting some Kickstarter post-apocalyptic board games and card games. We'll be discussing that. Um, Sean is sometimes streaming on Saturdays on our mm -hmm. Twitch channel. Post-apocalyptic games. You want to see some, some gameplay? Just hang out with Sean. Go over there. And, of course, we have our website, postapocalypticmedia.com. All of the latest news and games and movies and books and all these things. We're talking about it, writing about it. We've got reviews for The Expanse, reviews for um, The Stand, and reviews uh, now for, for several new things that are coming out. I can't even list them all. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. <laughs> Watch Snowpiercer. If you haven't caught up on Snowpiercer, man, I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. But get on it. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been spoiled anyways if you've listened to this part. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm caught know, up now. Just start, just start with the next episode. <laughs> all right, you guys. I appreciate you all. Y'all stay safe out there. And as always, be ready for the big one. Bye, y'all. Bye. See ya.